0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. This is the Jayhawker Talker podcast, a podcast affiliated with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Before we get rolling with today's episode, don't forget to download, subscribe, give this thing a five-star rating, tell a few friends who like the Jayhawks about this podcast, listen to it together, talk about it, text each other about it in the group chat, let each other know what's going on with the Jayhawker Talker podcast, And later today in the show, we're going to start the new segment hashtag on your mark with on Twitter. You can get at me on there at Jayhawker Talker, but I want to start a new segment called on your mark where I let you guys get in on the action where you either ask me questions or just have comments um, as we talk about the game that just happened or the game that's coming up. I just want to get you guys more involved with the Jayhawker Talker. You guys hear me spewing all this information about the Jayhawks and everything out each and every episode. This is now episode 91. I want to get you guys more involved. So hashtag on your mark. I've got some uh, questions and comments coming up at the end of the show today for our first edition of the on your mark segment. But let's get into it. Let's go. Let's absolutely uh, get into what we have to talk about today because there is a lot going on and I wanted as always it's basketball season I want to start the thing off with basketball but I can't I can't do that today even though it's Kansas basketball even though they just beat Oklahoma State by nearly 30 points last night 83-54 win over Oklahoma State even though yes they did lose to Iowa State on Saturday I wanted to talk about both those things I wanted to talk about how Kansas is hosting number 4 Houston this Saturday, February 3rd at 3 p.m. at Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence, Kansas. Yes, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how KU's got the Sunflower Showdown in Manhattan on Big Monday next Monday night, 8 p.m., February 5th. I wanted to kick the show off with all that, but I can't. I'm going to have to talk about that in the second half of the episode because Kansas football once again is making the headlines. How about that, Jayhawk fans? KU Football announces that their home games in 2024 will not be played in Lawrence, Kansas. The booth, as you well know, is going under renovations. It's going to basically be an entire new stadium at this point, and they're not going to have it done by 2024, fall 2024. So this fall... All of the home games for KU football will be, drum roll please, in Kansas City. Let's go. All right. Kansas City, Kansas is getting the non-conference games and Kansas City, Missouri is getting the home conference slate. Now, if you're wondering where they're going to be playing these games in Kansas City, Kansas and Kansas City, Missouri, I've got that information for you guys as well. So their non-conference slate is going to be played at Children's Mercy Park, home of Sporting Kansas City in Kansas City, Kansas. That's right over there in the Legends area. Uh, I've been over there hundreds of times. Uh, They've got shopping over there. They've got the racetrack over there, Kansas Speedway. They've got uh, formerly known as the uh, T-Bones, now the Monarchs, minor league baseball team over there. But the big attraction, of course, across the street from Nebraska Furniture Mart is Sporting Kansas City and their home stadium, Children's Mercy Park. So KU will play Lindenwood on August 29th at Children's Mercy Park. And then they will play September 14th against UNLV at Children's Mercy Park. So the rematch, the guaranteed Rape bull rematch, On September 14th against UNLV will be at Children's Mercy Park in Kansas City, Kansas. And their home opener against Lindenwood, August 29th, will be at Children's Mercy Park as well. Children's Mercy Park was talking about it over on their Twitter X account. Uh, KU Football was talking about it as well. A lot of people excited about this. Of course, we're sad that it can't be in Lawrence. I feel for the businesses that aren't going to be able to capitalize on game day on Saturdays. Of course, there's a lot that goes into that. So hopefully those bars and businesses and everything else will be able to recuperate. Maybe the university can uh, help out in some way. I'm not 100% for sure how that will work, but might take a little bit of a hit in the economy if you're a business owner in Lawrence on game days this next year. But the following year, when they open up the new stadium, hopefully that will make business boom even greater than it has in past years, especially if KU keeps winning like they have been. It could be record-setting numbers in 2025. But for this season, they're starting out the non-conference play at Children's Mercy Park in Kansas City, Kansas, over in the Legends area, August 29th versus Lindenwood, September 14th versus UNLV. So that is uh, the non-conference slate. And then you've got the home schedule uh, for conference play. And those games, of course, no secret there, going to be played at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium, right there where the Chiefs play. is going to get four home games in conference at Arrowhead Stadium. And I am jacked about this because... Being able to go to football games in Arrowhead is exciting no matter who's playing, but to see your Kansas Jayhawks out there on the same field that Patrick Mahomes takes the field, the the, the reigning Super Bowl champs, potentially the back-to-back Super Bowl champs, uh, that's just awesome for Kansas, for uh, the Chiefs to let KU do that. I know some Missouri fans are probably going to, Just be absolutely heartbroken that KU is going to be playing their football games at Arrowhead. But uh, Arrowhead, GHA Field at Arrowhead, they are also very excited about this, uh, tweeting about it as well. So let's get into the schedule. You've got the first game at Arrowhead will be September 28th against TCU. That should be a fun game. Then you've got October 19th versus Houston, November 9th versus Iowa State and November 23rd against Colorado. So four games, four home games in conference there at Arrowhead Stadium, TCU, Houston, Iowa State, and Colorado. And an interesting fact about KU this year, they don't have any home back-to-back games in conference. Typically, you've got back-to-back home games at least once during the season. And because of the new teams coming into the Big 12, I noticed that there was actually several Big 12 teams that don't have back-to-back home games or back-to-back away games even. They're just home, away, home, away, home, away. So that doesn't really give an advantage to one team over the other. I just found that interesting. KU, of course, you look at their schedule there. They've got TCU September 28th at home, and home, of course, will be GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. October 19th against Houston, November 9th against Iowa State, and November 23rd against Colorado, all four of those games at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City, Missouri, where the Chiefs play. And I'm stoked about that. And if you look at those games, now Arrowhead Stadium holds a little over 76,000 fans. So that's going to be pretty much double what KU's been used to having at their home games. I wouldn't expect the TCU game to sell out. I wouldn't expect the Houston game to sell out. But when you've got Iowa State coming into town on November 9th, Iowa State, a team that has a lot of fans that love to travel, especially to Kansas City, if you look at what they do for the Big 12 tournament, they love showing up and showing out in big numbers down there at the and Light District in Kansas City. So I could see... On November 9th, KU Iowa State at Arrowhead Stadium being sold out. I could definitely see that as a potential sellout. November 23rd against Colorado. Again, Coach Prime right there in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium. I could see a lot of Colorado fans showing up. I could see a lot of KU fans, of course, showing up. They're going to definitely sell out their allotment. But then I could just see college football fans in general, whether it be Mizzou fans to show up and cheer against KU or maybe just some regional football fans that want to see coach prime in Colorado or see this high-flying powerful offensive KU. And that's one of the last games of the season. So if Colorado and KU are both really good, or even if Colorado is not that good, if KU is in position to potentially win the big 12, that could draw a lot of eyes to Arrowhead stadium So it's going to be a good time out there for KU in their home games, despite not being at the booth, despite not being in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, It's going to be a good time, either at Children's Mercy Park or GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. And if you're looking to go to Children's Mercy Park for one of those early season games, you're going to have to get a ticket early because – I believe, I've been to several Sporting KC games. I've been to some KC Current games when they had their home games there. And typically, you can't get much more than 20,000 people in there. 22,000 standing room only, I believe, is the number. So maybe it's a little bit different for football. Maybe they can fit some more stands in there. I'm not really sure how that's going to work. But I think that's going to be... An exciting atmosphere. They've played some D2, uh, D3 divisional uh, playoff games there. I think they had a championship game there, actually. I didn't look that up before coming on talking to you guys. But they've had college football at Children's Mercy Park before. So this is not going to be something new to them. They've had this. They've had a great atmosphere there. They've had good experiences. So to have KU go in there to play their non-conference games is going to be an absolute blast. And I'm sure those tickets are going to sell out very, very fast. Now, the ones, like I said, at Arrowhead, you're going to have about 76,000 people that can get tickets. Not used to that for KU games. Uh, so that, that could be interesting to see how, how they can fill the seats with that TCU game, Houston game. Are they going to maybe have cheaper tickets for those games? Is it going to be dynamic pricing? Not really sure, but as we hear more, we will let you guys know exactly what's going on with KU football and their games. But just wanted to let you guys know off the top of the episode today, home games for KU this year going to be in Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri, and their non-conference games, August 29th against Londonwood. And September 14th against UNLV, Children's Mercy Park. And then their games at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium, where the Chiefs play. September 28th against TCU. October 19th against Houston. November 9th against Iowa State. And November 23rd against Colorado. All right. We got that football talk out of the way. Might talk about it more at the end of the show. We'll see when we do the On Your Mark segment. The new segment where you ask me questions. Hashtag On Your Mark. On Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, get at me, at Talker there on Twitter, X. All right, KU basketball, it's been an interesting ride since the start of January. It really has because you go back, you look at the non-conference slate, KU only had one loss in non-conference and that was to a top 10 Marquette team. And they went out and then won the rest of their non-conference slate. They beat some really good teams. They beat UConn, who's right now the number one team in the nation. They beat Tennessee, who's ranked number five in the nation right now. And it's just they they really had a tough non-conference slate, and they were able to navigate it very nicely, only one loss. Then they got into conference play. They struggled a little bit in a close home win against TCU to start things out. They lost on the road at UCF, a team that's supposed to be at the bottom of the conference. They go back home. They beat another top-20 team in Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma was actually a top-10 team when they beat them at home. Uh, They go on the road and dominate Oklahoma State. They go on the road. They lose to West Virginia. It's kind of a roller coaster ride here. They get back home. They beat Cincinnati. They go on the road last Saturday. They lose 79-75 at Iowa State. So it's been an up-and-down ride. It really has. And it's it's kind of crazy to think about it, but it's just what the Big 12 is this year. Winning on the road is going to be tough. There's not going to be any easy road games. It's not going to get any tougher for the Jayhawks. The easy, quote-unquote, easy part of their schedule is gone. January was supposed to be the easy month for them, and they lost three conference games. So... Right now, I mean, their last loss last Saturday was against Iowa State, who is now ranked number 12 in the nation. So that's, again, Iowa State has not lost a home game this year yet. So that was not a bad loss by any means. But you got to have a couple of road wins to build upon uh, coming up here in February, and it's not going to get any easier for the Jayhawks. Now, they did get that big win last night against Oklahoma State, 83-54 win at home. And this was an interesting game because Kevin McCullough was a little bit of a late scratch. No uh, no Kevin McCullough for that game against Oklahoma State, yet they still win by almost 30 points. So I think that was big for KU, not only to play without McCullough and get a huge win, but it got some of these younger guys some more playing time, some more experience. And you saw that when you had Johnny Furphy, who's been starting for the team the last couple of weeks, but you also had El Marco Jackson, who started the season as a starter, got sent to the bench after he hadn't had some good games, and then he was back in the lineup last night. So you had Hunter Dickinson, Dewan Harris Jr., Johnny Furphy, El Marco Jackson, and KJ Adams Jr. So those guys all started, and this was a good game for those guys to get in and start, especially El Marco Jackson back in the starting lineup. But then you had guys who hadn't played as much, Jamari McDowell got 10 minutes. Nick Timberlake played more than he usually does with 25 minutes. You had Parker Brown get in there for his typical 10 minutes. Uh, Wilder Evers gets in the game. Dylan willhitty oh my goodness. Jankovic gets in the game and hits a three. So you had guys who don't typically get to play get in there and get some minutes, and your starters played excellent. Every starter was in double-digit scoring. K.J. Adams was 16. Hunter Dickinson was 16. Johnny Furphy with 11. Elmarca Jackson with 10 points. DeWan Harris Jr. finished with 10 points. Seven assists for DeWan Harris Jr. Uh, tied for a career high, K.J. Adams was six assists for him. You had Hunter Dickinson grabbing 11 boards. Johnny Furphy with six rebounds. So these guys all played excellent it was a great sign to see them all playing well together stepping up in the absence of Kevin McCullough Jr. And then you had off the bench Jamari McDowell with six points in his 10 minutes you had Nick Timberlake with seven points in his 25 minutes Parker Brown with six rebounds in his 10 minutes of play so all these guys stepping up when you really want to see what they can do, uh, especially when you have an All-American like Kevin McCullough Jr. out. And they played up to their ability, and they blew out Oklahoma State at home. And it was kind of fun. A couple of the Chiefs players were there, and they were able to uh, celebrate the win with Jay Creed Humphrey, of course, who was a center at uh, Football Center, snapping the ball to the quarterback, uh, over there at Oklahoma. So, of course, he's rooting for KU, cheering against Oklahoma State, his former rival school there down there in Oklahoma. Uh, but it was fun seeing those guys take in the atmosphere at Allen Field House and enjoy some college hoops, some KU hoops, and uh, cheering the Chiefs or the uh, Kansas Jayhawks on to an 83 54 win. I'm sure a lot of KU fans will be cheering for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl coming up here in just about a week and a half. I know I will be. But Back to the Jayhawks basketball. They have some big games coming up in conference play. The January schedule is over. We're getting into a very tough schedule in February. I'm looking ahead, and the only team that they're playing that is not ranked or potentially not ranked is Kansas State, and that is a road game at Kansas State. Right now, Texas is not ranked either, but they have been ranked this season. And who knows? Texas could be ranked by the time they play them At the end of February, you've got KU hosting Houston this Saturday. Houston, number four in the nation. Then they go on the road at K-State. Then they're home again against number 18, Baylor. Then they go on the road at number 15, Texas Tech. Then they go on the road at number 23, Oklahoma. Then they've got Texas at home. Again, Texas, tough team no matter where they play. Uh, Could be a top 25 team by then. Uh, You've got another home game at the end of February, against BYU, who's ranked number 22 in the nation. So every game in February is tough. There is not one game on there where they can let up. Not that they would do that anyway, but there is not one game on the schedule where KU can think, man, this is going to be a game we can relax a little bit. Not in the slightest. So it starts this Saturday, 3 p.m., February 3rd, at Allen Fieldhouse, KU hosting number 4 Houston, both of these teams were one seeds in the tournament last year, and both these teams had high expectations going to this year. Uh, Houston, one of the new teams in the big 12, but right now the highest ranked team in the big 12, and they are top the big 12 standings with a conference record of six and two. That's right. six and two is the best record right now. They're on a five game winning streak. Uh, Texas Tech and Iowa State both sitting there at 5-2, and two, and then KU right behind them at 5-3. and three. So if you're looking at these teams ahead of Kansas, if KU beats Houston at home on Saturday, they'll be right there at the top of the conference once again. Iowa State, they have a game this Saturday at Baylor, so that could easily be a loss for Iowa State playing on the road at Baylor. And then you've got uh, Texas Tech, who is hosting Cincinnati. So they should win that game. But again, it's the Big 12. Anything can happen. And you can't take anything for granted in the Big 12. No matter what's going on, no game is easy. And if Kansas beats Houston, and if Texas Tech and Iowa State both lose, we're going to have a four-way tie at the top of the conference with all those teams having 6-3 and records. So this is going to be a very interesting uh, time for the Big 12. A lot of big games coming up. Houston coming to Lawrence this weekend, Saturday, February 3rd, at 3 p.m. for a tip-off. Going to be the the biggest game of the college basketball world this weekend is Houston at Kansas. And then flip it around on Monday night, Big Monday, February 5th, 8 p.m. tip-off. KU traveling to Manhattan, Kansas to take on K-State in the Sunflower Showdown in what should be an uh, amazing atmosphere. K-State now uh, has not looked as good the past couple of weeks, but they still are tough at home, and they could pull out some uh, tricks out of their sleeve, and they could definitely upset Kansas. So will not be an easy game by any means uh, for KU at K-State. Sunflower Showdown, we will react to that game next Tuesday on the Hawker Talker podcast uh, before talking about the next games coming up. So that's what's going on with KU Hoops. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed this episode with a little football at the beginning, a little basketball at the end. But right now I want to debut the On Your Mark segment, hashtag On Your Mark on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. At Hawker Talker is my Twitter account for this podcast. You can tweet at me there at JayhawkerTalker Talker using the hashtag on your mark. I'll answer any questions or comments you may have. Uh, so Claire from Lawrence said, so am I going to have to drive from Lawrence to Kansas City to see my Jayhawks play their home football games this year? And sadly, unfortunately, yes, this is a little bit of a predicament for maybe, I don't know if you're a KU student, Claire from Lawrence, but... If you're a KU student and you have to get up on a Saturday morning and drive to Kansas City if the Lindenwood game is on a, let's say the first game of the season against Lindenwood at Children's Mercy Park in Kansas City, Kansas, is an 11 a.m. kickoff. If you want to get there a little bit early to tailgate, yeah, you're going to have to get up early on a Saturday morning. I, I It's not ideal. It's really not. I know you just want to get up out of your dorm room, uh, roll out of bed, go to the tailgate, and then get on into the stadium it's not going to be quite that easy this year. If you're a KU football fan, you might have to do a little bit of work to get to the stadium this year. Uh, if you're just a resident of Lawrence and you like having the perk of just you know getting up and driving to the game or taking a cab to the game, whatever you do, to get to the stadium on game day, it'll be a little bit different this year. You're going to have to take K-10 to get there. You're going to have to take I-70 to get there. So you're going to have to do a little bit more planning for your football season this year. Uh, as as the season gets closer, so just know that uh, if you're gonna try to pl- hit up some of these KU home games this year at Children's Mercy Park or Arrowhead Stadium, uh, yeah, you're gonna have to do a little bit more planning, a little bit be a little bit more strategic on game day for sure. So hopefully that answers your question there, Claire. All right, Ryan and Leavenworth asked me. What do you think about KU's depth? Do you think that they're going to be able to make it to March? Well, I think they're going to make it to March. (laughs) I mean, what team doesn't make it to March, honestly, except for maybe TCU's women's team? I don't know what's going on with that. Haven't looked into it lately. That's kind of a separate topic. Not sure why I even said that. But uh, what I'm getting at there is, unless you have a ton of injuries on your team, which is what happened to TCU's women's team, by the way, uh, they had to postpone, uh, cancel some games because of that. But unless you have just an absolutely terrible amount of injuries, of course you're going to make it to March. But if you're asking me if I think KU can make make a deep run into March Madness, which is what I think you're getting at there, uh, even though they do have some depth issues, I do think that KU can make it to the end of March. I think they can make a deep run in March. And I say this, I I was a little concerned about their depth to start the season and even getting into the season. But after what I just saw against Oklahoma State, Kevin McCullough Jr., one of their All-American players, out of the game, he averages 20 points a game. Uh, they had Elmarco Jackson come back into the starting lineup. You see Johnny Furphy, a guy who was coming off the bench, now a starter, has looked excellent as a starter since he's uh, become uh, that fifth guy. So I think that they're getting better. Obviously, you need to have Hunter Dickinson out there. You need to have Kevin McCullough Jr. out there. You need to have Dewan Harris Jr. out there. You need to have KJ Adams Jr. out there if they're going to make a deep run in March. You got to have all those guys healthy uh, and you got to be able to keep them out of foul trouble if you want to make a deep run in March. That's what's going to have to happen. But I do think that they have a little bit more depth now than what we thought even just a couple of weeks ago. So I think that they do have what it takes to make a deep run in March. Hopefully that answers your question. Ryan in Leavenworth. And the last one for today's On Your March segment. Tim in Topeka. Tim in Topeka says. Do you think that Jalen Daniels can stay healthy. And show us some Patrick Mahomes moves. In GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Yes. Yes. I am going to be positive. I think That Jalen Daniels can stay healthy for an entire season. And if that happens, you're going to not only see Kansas winning a bunch of home games this year. I think they're going to go undefeated at home this year. And if you're uh, keeping track at home, KU has almost their entire offense coming back. Devin, Not just Jalen Daniels, who was a uh, pre-season Big 12 uh, all-conference player of the year last year. Uh, the injury derailed it. But I do think he's going to be healthy, and I think that he can be just as good this year as he was a couple of years ago. And if that's the case, he'll be up for Heisman talk. He'll be up for All-American discussion. He'll be up for Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year discussion. And he will show the nation, yes, that he has some skills. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Sorry, Tim and Topeka. He's not going to be Patrick Mahomes, but he can show off some of those moves Some of those on-the-run passes. Uh, He can show that he can make some plays with his legs. Has a very good arm. And I think that showing that off at Arrowhead Stadium is going to be an exciting time. And not only that, not only Jalen Daniels, but Devin Neal, a local kid from Lawrence. How fun would it be to see him playing at Arrowhead Stadium? Maybe not just this fall, but maybe if the Chiefs draft him in a couple of years, that could be exciting for Kansas City fans, uh, KU fans, as well as Kansas City Chiefs fans. And then you've got all the receivers coming back, Quentin Skinner, Luke Grimm, A.J. uh, Arnold, or L.J. Arnold, excuse me. And so, yeah, KU's offense is going to look absolutely electric out there at Arrowhead Stadium, not only at Arrowhead during the conference play, but at Children's Mercy Park during the non-conference play. So I hope that answers your question, Tim. Yes, I do think that Jalen Daniels will be healthy and will be slinging the ball around the field over there at Arrowhead for their home games at Arrowhead in conference play next fall. All right, that about does it for this episode of the Jayhawker Talker. As always, you can get at me on Twitter at Jayhawker Talker. You can find my latest article over at heartlandcollegesports.com. Uh, usually I'm writing about the Jayhawks, so I know you guys will like that. Check that out over there at heartlandcollegesports.com. Give this podcast a five-star rating and review after you're done listening to it today. And Until next time, rock chalk, Jayhawk.